0: That is good. You texted me good. Good. Yeah, a U with a umlaut.
1: That's what it's called. Yeah. I wasn't going to try to...
0: Punctuation for German and other languages of that region. (laughs) Sprechen Sie Deutsche? No. Bitte. No. (laughs) (laughs) No. Nein. (laughs) Nein, nein. Watch me whip. Hey, I want to say uh, welcome to this episode number sixty happy sixtieth birthday happy sixtieth episode, yeah, why do I love the the uh the end caps you do you like the hitting the decades i do it 's pretty great, you know we are a part of a, a podcast uh, group on Facebook that we kind of watch and we don 't really contribute. we just stream through it yeah if if, but there are a lot of people on there who are talking about how. You know they're celebrating a milestone. Maybe they've had their released their seventh episode in a year or something like that. And you know they're all celebrating, and that's great. And I'm like, man, that's good for them. But I really like our markers. Like I like that we're consistently out there with uh, our friends, our listeners, twice a week. Um, sometimes offering quality stuff.
1: Sometimes. <laughs> and, and other just, times we're just drinking coffee.
0: Yeah. I have a, a story that I want to tell you. But first of all, I want to tell you my name. My name is Jonathan.
1: I'm Nathan and you are you, and we are grateful that you are here on this 60th episode, this mile marker 60 of You'll Die Train.
0: You'll die drying. I want to tell a a story to you. It's something that we alluded to at our last episode. Um, Recently, as you know, Joy and I had the privilege of traveling uh, to Europe, to Spain, and uh, flew from Philly to Madrid. Was there a couple days, a day and a half, really. Exhausted, you know, stayed up so that we could get on our regular time. And that's the secret to avoiding jet lag is when you land early, which you always will, leaving from here, you'll land at like seven or eight in the morning, Be out in the sun, wear sunglasses, and don't go to bed until a normal bedtime, and do not nap, right? Okay. So we did most of those, although we did end up having like an hour-long nap, but we got up, we went to dinner, we stayed up all day, went to bed at like 10.30, and then we we were on the schedule. It was great, even though we were seven hours ahead of ourselves. We went to Barcelona a couple days later and spent five days there, and while there we had the privilege of attending an FC Barcelona football match versus Espanyol. So Barcelona, FC Barcelona, is the Catalonia team. And you'll have to research this. It's more than we want to talk about because it's boring. But if you're Spanish, it isn't. It's a very politically charged topic that there are these regions or provinces within Spain. And Catalonia is one of them that uh, has tried to get its independence from Spain. And so if you don't see a Spanish flag, you'll see a Catalan flag. They speak Catalan language in addition to Spanish. FC Barcelona is the Catalonian team. Espanyol, also located in Barcelona, is the Barcelonian team, See? see? Oh. So there's some political realities there. Were there fights? No, this is part of what I wanna talk okay. about. So FC Barcelona uh, has the third largest football stadium in Europe and it's the seventh largest stadium in the world seating 99,300 people. And at its most, it had 120,000 people in there. So there were 100,000 people there that day that we went. Not a, It seemed not a seat was empty. We got, I think, the last two seats in the room because we kept going online and it kept saying we don't have any seats. And then I got an email saying, hey, some seats have opened up. We couldn't sit together. We bought these two seats, no idea where they were. Turns out the person sitting next to... Us never showed up, so we got to sit together for the entire match. We uh rode the train, got up there. There are several entrances. Can you imagine getting a 100,000 people into a stadium complex? You know, that'd be wild, it's crazy. But you, you're single file, your <laughs> ticket says, you know, gate 18, gate 17, and you have to walk all the way around the this huge facility to find your gate. You walk in and then you're in like this village where they have shops and they have restaurants and people are drinking and they're loud music playing and they've all got their FC Barcelona jerseys on. And we went to the team shop because Joy was sweet enough to say, hey, you should get something FC Barcelona. And it was it was actually chilly that day. So I got a sweatshirt, which is pretty cool. I'll show it to you and a hat. So then we go in the stadium and there's no one in there. And so we got to see the entire stadium like with virtually nobody in And It was only, it's like an hour before the game. So then we went out to get a beer and I got, ordered a beer and I was working on my Spanish, right? So I had four years of Spanish. So, um, you know, I was asking if I could have a beer and the guy gave me a beer and I said, do you have, you know, uh, a vino tinto, a red wine for Joy because she only drinks red wine. And he laughed and said, no, there's no alcohol here. And I was like, oh, that's funny. They don't consider beer alcohol. Isn't that sweet? Like beer is just a regular drink for Europeans, but wine, oh, it can't do that. No, it turns out the beer was non-alcoholic. They don't serve any alcohol in this place. And I was like, that's really interesting. So we go in there, the room gets packed. They do all the opening festivities. The game is going. It is fantastic. It's one of the best experiences we've ever had. 100,000 people, not a drop of alcohol. Of course, you could drink outside and then you could finish and come in. But anyway, it was the most respectful Sporting event I've ever been to. Everybody in that room had their eye on whatever foot was touching the ball at any given moment. And it was like they were studying it with the diligence and integrity of a surgeon. When something happened they didn't like, they were respectful in their booing. It was just like, oh, no, you know. But when something happened that they loved, they. Let it rip. And I have on video um, one of the times when Barcelona scored in the ultimately 2-0 win that they came away with. But I wanted to ask you and talk to you a little bit about the differences in that sporting event. 100,000 people, so respectful, so quiet. You could hear pin drop during the game. Like it's unbelievable. Wow. Versus uh, basketball, football, soccer, hockey, uh, game, baseball game that we might experience in this country, where their alcohol sales are like prominent through
1: the roof. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's like it's where they make their money. They lose money on the ticket sales. Right. When they make it back on the alcohol. I don't know that for a fact, but I would assume.
0: yeah, you have a drink so that you know there can be a game. It's not you go to the game so you can have a drink. it's the it's completely opposite. and then the 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 atmosphere and the attitude was so respectful and so almost reverent. I'll use that word. Like rather. you're in a holy place almost. Exactly. I remember one of my professors in seminary said that he, he showed up at a, a professional, I think it was a Atlanta Hawks basketball game. And he sat down next to another professor from another university next to us from Emory. Uh, and they were talking and, and, and as my professor sat down, the other one said, oh, I see you worship here too. You know, haha, theological humor. They're both theological professors, but he was saying something, right? There's some truth to that. That it is almost like a sacred event for these people. It was a holy ground. It was a holy moment, and they were so reverent. Even when something happened, it was great, and they would they would yell, "Messi, Messi, Lionel Messi, the number one, number ten, on the team, number one player in La Liga, the Spanish league. Everybody loves him. He scored both goals. It was just like they were singing a hymn. Mm, wow. And I I just noticed the difference in in all of that, and how unbelievably respectful it all seemed, and how I don't come away from American sporting events feeling that way. I don't necessarily have a negative feeling about sporting events here, but thought I'd get your take on that.
1: Well, do you? The, I mean, also the fact that the Europe is far older than America. Yeah, I mean, lots older. So we're in our infancy. So we're still the young, dumb college drunk in the corner. (laughs) I mean, I think that might have something to do with it Mm -hmm. to a degree, right? Uh, I do think there is a element, an element of reverence uh, within. Speaking from Kentucky, yeah, University of Kentucky Rupp Arena has that feel when you walk into does it yeah whenever they played arkansas before the tournament uh, i had the privilege of going to a late game and it's very quiet whenever things weren't going the way in which uh The crowd wanted it to go, and it was very loud and boisterous when it was going awesome. And there was just, there was never, I didn't see any screaming obscenities or anything such as that. And, you know, people who are strangers three rows down would reach up and high five. You know, a little lady sitting behind me, you know, complimented us. I mean, you know, things like that. So I think there's some elements of that here, but I will throw this out there and say that maybe it's a little bit of
0: our infancy. Yeah, I agree. We are uh, we tend to be an adolescent nation. We tend to have adolescent principles, and, mm-hmm. and those things do tend to come out. And, and you know, it, it's it's funny, haha. Divided house. You know, you root for your people, and I root for is mine. It funny? I know that's the thing. Like, but is it really? Because people really do get worried about you know going to a uh, like I remember going to a Mets game and. I had a, you know, a Cardinals jersey and I'm like, "Oh, I wonder if I should wear my Cardinals jersey." I'm like, "No, I better not because I don't want to get I don't want to get mugged or, you know, on the train going up there."
1: But I mean, there's actually some truth to
0: that, too. <laughs> right? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So, anyway, I just think I do think that your point is is spot on that we don't have that storied rooted uh maturity that comes from being a nation with that kind of history. Think that we're all still trying to figure out what it means to be American in what is essentially an experiment. It was interesting too being in Spain where Cristobal Colon, Christopher Columbus, Columbus came yeah. from. Yeah, and uh, and how interesting it is that everybody celebrates Columbus, but really what he ended up doing in his discovery of the Americas, which of course has huge political implications, but many of which are negative for this country, as we had Europeans taking land from native peoples and. I want to come back to that but there's also this point where he basically rerouted trade routes and industry away from Spanish ports which were so profitable opening up the Americas and making that trade route the more prominent one so as much as he was celebrated there's also this kind of underlying ugh you know that's a great yeah great great exposure great discovery and now we don't have anyone coming to spain to trade anymore Mm. so interesting the history but what do you think about this idea that um you know columbus day the old joke you see the meme on on social media that's columbus day go next door knock on the door and say hey this is my house now (laughs) Oh Um, gosh. so you know but then you, you i talk to people too who are from um i would say kind of uh sub-regions, Latin America and other places in the world who aren't considered kind of uh, the elite powerful places, as they read scripture and they read the story of the the Hebrews crossing over into Canaan and overthrowing the Canaanites and taking Canaan as the promised land, It's that's the same story. So we who are Jewish and Christian celebrate these people who led first by Moses then by Joshua over into Canaan taking that land from the original land dwellers, the Canaanites, we can so easily celebrate that because our ancestors came to this Canaan and took the land away from its original dwellers than the Native, Native American peoples. So when you read that as a Native American person I think that has some haunting.
1: Yeah, you're probably like, it. Yeah, like,
0: I mean, we're a people.
1: We're a people. We take. We're takers. Yeah, people are takers. People, the the not Americans or Europeans, it just people have a natural tendency to take because we're in it for ourselves. Yeah, uh, right, to a degree.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's as easy as saying there are two kinds of people. (laughs) People who separate people into two groups and people who don't. Uh, But there are givers and there are takers. And I think we are all of us, both of those, some of the time. And I think some of us are one of those all All the time. time. Some people give, give, give to a fault and become a a no-self, trying to constantly please for whatever reason. Other people, I think, take, take, take. And as a result, also are a no self because they, you know, cannot provide for their own emotional well being and have to take what every other people will offer. I think we want to kind of strike that balance. I don't think balance is always the answer, but in that case, I do think it is.
1: I re- I watched didn't watch. I saw this photo from 2007 to 2019. It was the latest. This may mean nothing to you, but it kind of circles back to this point that you're making. Uh, a nascar race i don't remember the racetrack but it's one of the recent ones in the past couple of weeks and from the 2007 photo it's just totally packed i think it was bristol maybe if not i don't know Mm -hmm. and then 2019 like half of the seats are empty and it's amazing what can happen and transpire in 10 years from us as a people we're so like all over the place and i think that also circles back to what you were talking about in our infancy we're just trying to figure out what we want what we like what we what feeds our desires. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that even relates to, but I think it kind of does. Sure. Yeah.
0: yeah. I, I, I'm I, interested in that because, you know, uh, football in Europe... It's
1: probably because we call it all the wrong stuff.
0: Why do we call it football, football when there's only a couple of times a foot ever touches the right. ball, which is the kick.
1: Really and in soccer, it's
0: literally all you can do with it. Is it head <laughs> ball or football? Or chest ball, maybe. Thigh ball. That's, that's ball. the problem. But anyway, football... Europe is such a a storied sport and we like to think, oh, NASCAR, it's been around forever. NASCAR started like around Franklin County, Virginia, when you had these bootleggers running whiskey, um, you know, secretly at night from one village or town to the next. And I used to live in that area, Franklin County, Henry County, Virginia. They would soup up their cars and on the weekends, they would race each other on dirt tracks in someone's backyard. And that's kind of like the birth of NASCAR. Hasn't, it's not been around that long. It's since Prohibition era, really. And at, whereas, you know, soccer, football in Europe, it's like, you know, it's as old as Mount Olympus and the gladiator games and bull running and stuff like that. So there's just a, there's a culture. I think that's what it is. There's a culture. Going overseas, I, I cannot say enough about how important travel is. And I know, I know that it's expensive and it's time consuming and not everybody can do it. I get that. But we find ways to do other things. So if we would just kind of... I think people do what they want to do. And if you want to travel, you save up however long it takes. You take that wonderful trip and you learn so much. You open your mind, you open your heart to the people of the world who in so many ways are similar and so many ways are different. And so you go around and you're like, look at this culture. The architecture is a culture. The food and its preparation and its presentation and how careful and beautiful all of it is. That's a culture. We don't have that. Americans, Americans really don't have much of a culture. We talk about a melting pot. I remember it being in school. I'm sure it's still being taught in school in textbooks. Remember textbooks? I'm sure that there's still this language of melting pot. All these people coming around making this one, e pluribus unum. But what, have, what has been sacrificed for that? Yeah, I don't think that we have much of a culture. And as a result, I think we're in, always in a state of identity crisis.
1: That is a very good explanation we are always in a state of an identity crisis i think so just pictured us at a recent uh, uh event we went to a restaurant and it's just like everyone that worked there was so entitled <laughs> oh really <laughs> yes it was like the food ended up being you know very good so i can't fault the food but uh, you you talked on your travels of how everyone was like almost this prayerful presentation yes. and preparation to get that food to you and enjoy so that you all could have your experience mm-hmm. You know, there was so much pride in that. There's no, there was no pride in this experience that we had. See, it, the, we were so put we were putting them off nonstop and it's just a bunch of toddlers trying to play with the, the, the toy.
0: I agree. And the toy happens to be the American people. <laughs> yes. It's amazing to see the difference. You know, I mean to walk into a uh, what I would call a big blocks big box international conglomerate coffee store here. And to have somebody mess up an order and and blame it on me, even though on the sticker it says, but but actually, no, my wife ordered this on the mobile. I'm just getting mad, throwing it. It's flying everywhere. And it's like, if I owned that place, that person would be gone. I mean, because I think customers have to be treated to some extent like God should be treated. Royalty. There's an old saying from Benedict... Not Benedict, the most recent Pope, but Benedict as in Benedict of Nursia, who is the founder of the Benedictine tradition, and he says all who enter should be welcomed as Christ. And I think you know, for people who are Christian, what a wonderful that's beautiful attitude. I used to have that um a, that saying hung up um in a prominent place in my my living area once. All, let all who welcome be welcomed as Christ. We don't get we don't get that. Yeah. I felt we felt that in Spain.
1: That's awesome. I I think that's your neck we can gift that to one another. I want that. Yeah. It's beautiful.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's a good idea. I think we should be more intentional, more conscious and conscientious of trying to welcome each other and others. And even treating this process as Christ and as worship itself. The Benedictine tradition is ora et labora, prayer and worship. And there's, I mean, prayer and work. And there's no difference. Prayer and work, they're the same. Serving people in a funeral home, serving clients in therapy, producing a podcast, being with our families, it's prayer, it's work, it's life, it's worship. There's no real difference. So... Where do you want to go? Where do you want to travel?
1: I want to go to Barcelona for sure. Do you really? Yes. We. I think, <clears throat> excuse me, a previous podcast, you asked me. <gasps> yeah, and I, I said that. Barcelona. And, I and then you're like,
0: we're going to Barcelona. <laughs> oh, <about laughs> do you remember that? I want
1: to go to Australia. Okay. I want to go to New Zealand. I want to go to South Africa. Mm, me too. Um,
0: we're going to South Africa. No, I'm just <laughs>
1: I would be so salty. I would, be like, I would gotten up and walk out. I'll let you finish the podcast.
0: I'm just a little jealousy there. No, That's we are. Cool. Um, if you're going to be jealous, be jealous as you would toward Christ.
1: Okay, good. Yes, <laughs> we we love Denver, Colorado. Mm, yeah. uh, in the states, it's a beautiful state. It has hiking. It has horseback riding. It has skiing, and then it has you know running trails and walking trails and city life and you know nightlife and good eats. Good eats. That sounds so stupid. So those are we're actually going to Denver. Awesome. Very soon, like in a day.
0: In a day. Oh yeah, we're yeah.
1: leaving tomorrow or something. Sometime. So it's awesome. Definitely those places. Uh, I've been to. Um, I've been to Rome. Been to Assisi. I've been mm. to Florence.
0: Uh, those are incredible. Did, did you hike the tower at the Duomo? No.
1: However, we had access to all the places in which no one could take cameras Ooh. because I was traveling with a film crew that was a Catholic-owned film crew that got credentials previously before traveling. So we're filming in like the Sistine Chapel. We're filming in, filming in the tomb of of the popes underneath St. Peter's Basilica. We're filming in St. Peter's Basilica. So we have like 42 hours, 32 hours, something crazy of footage. Wow. Yeah. It was pretty incredible.
0: Do you remember being in St. Peter's and there are markers on the floor that indicate where other famous cathedrals would be if they were fitting inside St. Peter's? I don't recall that. I, I found myself looking up a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's what one does. Yes. Uh, we got to visit a, uh, two cathedrals, one of which is very famous because it was designed by uh, Spanish architect Antony Gaudi. And it's the Sagrada Familia, the Holy Family uh, Cathedral. And if you look at pictures of it, it's been under construction uh, for over 50 years and it will not be completed until 2026. And Gaudi died. And so he won't see its completion, of course, but that's how incredibly ornate and, and uh, structured and technical this architecture is. And it is gorgeous. It brings in lines from nature because it's been said that there's no such thing as a straight line in nature, I'm not sure if that's true, but I've heard it's true either mm. way. Um, and so he uses all these lines from nature, curves and sea-like uh, structure, waves, um, you know, various kinds of spheres, and, and, and he incorporates that all over the architecture. And the interior of it is just spectacular.
1: If the human mind can come up with those incredible mm-hmm. detailed thoughts, then why in the world can't we just be nice yeah. whenever a cup of coffee's wrong
0: <laughs> yeah laziness yeah it's laziness
1: that's not lazy the that.
0: disciplined mind creates that kind of architecture and, and law and policy and nations and explorations and but the undisciplined mind is the the lazy mind is uh, is where i think we lapse ourselves into entitlements lack of kindness self-absorption ultimately failure of I think the human condition into the day.
1: What was the hold on. Was it the Promethean? Is that the one with the hole in? No, I might be talking about like like Zeus type stuff. <laughs> Greek know. mythology. What are you talking about? Uh there's a there's a there's a building in I don't even remember remember where it was, but it's dome shaped and at the top had a hole in it, and the way in which the architectures, oh. the architects uh, built it. Yeah. No, no rain gets in, no anything. It like blows out. So fantastic. Magnificent, really.
0: So, anyway. Incredible.
1: Yeah. I didn't say that as eloquently as Dr. Carroll,
0: ladies and gentlemen. So, give me a break. Be gentle. <laughs> I just think travel is, uh, is key. And we've talked about it before in an episode where we said, you know, go somewhere, get outside. Go to a neighboring town, get to know somebody. There's a great book by Rick Steves, who is a very popular travel author. He's written books about um, Europe, Rick Steves, uh, Rome, Rick Steves, Spain, Rick Steves, whatever. He's just incredible. He's got YouTube videos. He's a blog, but he's got a book called Travel as a Political Act. He's a Lutheran. So he uh, is a faith-based person. It doesn't show up in his writings except for this one where he talks about, you know, don't be a tourist looking for souvenirs. Be a pilgrim looking for a way to bring someone else's story back home. Leave something of yourself and bring someone else's story, culture, idea, personality, anthropology. Bring that back home. I like that. Yeah, it's gorgeous. So, you know, we I think we should encounter every other human being as if that person is from another country, with another culture, with another language, with another set of ideas, a different kind of personality, and come into that with the kind of openness and hope and desire for connection that you do when you're in another country where you don't speak the language. I mean, it's amazing how helpful people were. I mean, I was trying to speak Spanish, and I think they were so nice because they were like, well, you're at least trying to respect the fact that we don't all speak English and some of them didn't speak any English but somehow we're able to connect they knew just enough or I knew just enough and it was fantastic just gosh and you can still picture them I bet can't you life changing I I remember every single person I got to talk to that's really cool yeah
1: well I think we should invest in a um, a microphone begin traveling
0: yeah do on location podcasting On,
1: on location podcasting ladies and gentlemen if you want us to come to where you are
0: you know just send us a note
1: send us a note Yep. That's awesome. This was a great this is a great uh podcast. This was a great episode to hear of your travels and to hear of that game.
0: Oh uh, yeah, thanks for listening. It was just such a it was such a phenomenal experience for both of us and we can't stop talking about it. So I'll uh, try to post a picture and let everybody see a little bit of what we were talking about as we um as we advertise for this episode.
1: Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for coming time and time again. Be sure to visit com.
0: Send us an email at you die trying podcast at gmail.com
1: or visit facebook.com forward slash you'll die trying. Be sure to leave that five star review and tell a friend or foe
0: <laughs> about this podcast. I wouldn't even wish them on my worst enemy. <laughs> I'm Jonathan. I'm Nathan. This is You'll Die Trying.